0: Yeah. Question: Who am I to you, Lord? We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And I said this question: What is man? It's a basic philosophical, existential question. What is man? What is man? Is the totality of things? Depending on your focus, you can answer that question differently. If you follow the theory put forth by Darwin. Man is essentially insignificant man like a cosmic accident. If you focus only on the natural world, whereas the philosopher in the book of Ecclesiastes said, everything under the sun, you look at everything without a creator. The evolutionary process relates to man being nothing more than a product of accidental chance in another animal species on the face of the earth. If you look around the accomplishments of men to try to determine who man is and what man is. We can end up with a tendency to worship men. We can think of all the people that, oh, wow, look at what he did, look at how great he was. Whether it's the greatest uh, philanthropic person, whether it's the greatest um, architect, what have you. We think that they're worthy of worship, and, and, the, and that idea to lift and love and put them on a pedestal comes bubbling up making great wonders of the world. I think back to the Old Testament, the the Tower of Babel, the Heddy Gardens of King Nebuchadnezzar, which is one of the seven wonders of the the ancient world. You think about all the empires of man, empire after empire after empire, each at its time significant and an achievement, none of which have ever stood the test of time. Each one has crumbled Gone away. Ecclesiastes chapter 1 is all about this futility of what man is, what can man do, what can everything that man does now it is written by David. And its title underneath it says that it is for the choir director on the Getith Or the getteth. Most likely referring to something that comes out of gath, extending from there or an instrument. Maybe it was a song sung over Goliath. We're not entirely clear on the meaning. We have some convincing opinions. But I will tell you that if you take that word, he traced it to a Hebrew root. It to mean either a song for the wine press, a joyful song for the treader of grapes, or while it can mean wine press, it can also indicate something shaped like a wine press. The grapes took the word and the instrument which it represented. So it's safe to assume that wherever we find that word geteth, we look for a joyful song. Now there's another possible title. If I was the one to describe a title to Psalms, it would be the Song of the Astronomer. God is indescribably great, and man in contrast is puny and insignificant. Yet there's a conferred glory and honor from God upon man. And this song demonstrates the eloquent grasp of the wonder of this fact from David. us to understand that philosophical question and the answer of what is man balanced understanding understanding is gained when we look up at the nighttime sky and we consider Spurgeon said it this way there is much in the scenery of the natural sky to lift the soul to the infants and ripsy babies, you've established a stronghold on account of your adversaries in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. When I observe your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place, what is a human being that you remember him? A son of man that you look after him? You made him little less than God and crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hand sheep and oxen, as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky and the fish of the sea, that pass through the currents of the seas. Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. We're going to look at three separate sections of this psalm. If you wanted to know the uh, poetic construction of this psalm, you have to look at it with letters. That's how they do it. It's called a chiastic structure. And it goes 22, it says, Lord, our Lord, how magnificent is your name throughout the earth. You've covered the heavens with your majesty. From the mouths of infants and nursing babies, you've established a stronghold on account of your adversaries in order to silence the enemy and the avenger. The answer to the question begins by looking at the Creator. You cannot ask, What is man? David didn't, and I'm not going to either defend the fact that there is a creator. It's assumed, it's believed, and it's truth. You cannot have creation without a creator. This is Paul's argument in Romans 1. So since What can be known about God is evident among them, because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, that is, his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly seen since the creation of the world being understood through what he has made. And as a result, people are without excuse. You look out, why is this world here? Because there is a creator. There is creation because there is a creator. So David looks to the creator, and and he says, God. When he calls him, he says, Lord, our Lord. And if you look closely in your Bible, that first Lord is all caps, and the second Lord is only the L is capitalized. is used. We describe the name Jehovah or Yahweh to their, because we don't know what the vowels are, we only have the consonants, because the Jews in order to never uh, uh, commit the offense of blasphemy in the name of God, took out the vowels that they would never say his name, and at the beginning they would never say his name in a way that would be anything less than the glory it deserves. And so we're left with only YHWH. HWH, that is the name that God gave to Moses at the burning bush. In Exodus chapter 3, verse 13, it says that Moses asked God, If I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, and they ask me, What is his name? What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, He said, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites to you. And I used to think about this one like, I am who I am, and I used to think about Popeye. I am what I am. And I don't know can only be what I am. Um, and I used to think that God was just saying that I am who I am. Like, it was a, a, a thing like, why are you even asking me that? But as I'm studying this, and, and as I'm getting to it, God's giving us his personal name, and the only way to understand the name of God is to understand all the attributes of God. You see, the name of God is a covenant name. of the the burden that was given to her was too much to bear and she said, we should just die. And the Lord God spoke to her and said, and and she said, Elroy, because the Lord who sees me and cares. Another game for God is El, the mighty God, the strong one. And it speaks of that majestic, awe-inspiring reverence, calling character of the name of God. Ecclesiastes 7.1 says, A good name is better than fine perfume. If what people call you matches with what you are, it's a wonderful thing, especially if it's good like the Lord God. And David says, You come. surface of put here, But when you look up into the nighttime sky, you begin to understand that God's glory is even higher than the heavens. If only a person has eyes to see and look around the world, it's teeming with the fingerprints, with the wisdom. And God's sovereignty. The word magnificent and majestic. It always directly assigned of duty, assigned to responsibility. It can also be translated to restored. And it says that you restored a stronghold. A stronghold is strength. And it talks about the strength, whether it's physical strength or mental strength. It's, it's an unwillingness to, to, it's an immovable defense. on account of his adversaries. Now the NIV translates the word instead of stronghold. The idea that the sovereign authority of God is that the weak should confound the strong. is what Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians 1.27. And we're coming up on the scene where Jesus just healed the blind and the lame. They came to him and the temple and he's healing them. And the chief priests and scribes, in verse 15, says They saw the wonders he did and the children shopping in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David. And the religious leaders, they were indignant. They said to him, Do you hear what these children are saying? And Jesus replied, Yes, have you never read? A messianic psalm, and it's one of the ones that points towards the eventual destination of Christ on the cross. And here it says, "But you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel." This is where we get the phrase, "The Lord inhabits the praises of His people." You see, He sits upon the praises of His people, meaning that where He falling apart around you, you can praise the name of your Lord. When the enemies are coming against you and the people are coming up against you, you can praise the name of your Lord and find a strength there that you never had. Because God has ordained it as so. In sense of all this, David says, what's all this with man's singing insignificance? In verse 3, it says, when I observe you, and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you set in place. What is a human being that you remember him? The son of man that you look after him. The on this of taking two points together. chose Not to start it over. Instead, he chose to redeem man. Poses the question: what is man? And what have you got? He says, I observe and I perceive your heavens, the moon and the stars. You work in them. He's, he's looking up at the, at the night sky. This could potentially even be a psalm that David wrote while still a shepherd. The shepherds have plenty of time to look up at the nighttime sky as they watch the fly. He sees the sun, not the sun, he sees the moon and the stars and how they're placed in their very spots by the Lord and he wonders in light of all you are and who we are as men. The question I think that he's asking Study of astronomy. You that your eyes, if you look up in the nighttime sky and there's no light pollution, you can probably see a few thousand stars. You take that telescope and you can probably see a few million. It said that if you go to one of those observatories with the reverse glass and all you know that, you can see over a billion stars. Scripture says God placed them all. by outside of it. When you measure distance and things, you have to use a new ruler. We're not talking a yardstick. We're not even talking using a mile. We are talking... to about 6 trillion miles in one light a year. The size of the universe is such that if we could travel at the speed of light, it would take us 40 billion years. 40 billion years. I don't believe in everything that he has to say about it, but I do know that Louie we are going to on your insignificance. There's an explorer by the name of William Beam and he was a good friend of President Theodore Roosevelt. There were times when he visited the President at a hill and the two would go outdoors at night to see who could first locate top of the antropinant galaxy. Then as they gazed at the tiny smudge of distant starlight, one of them were under sight. That is the spiral galaxy spoke, let there be light. There was light. In the midst of all of this, we're on a planet that is the third rock from our sun. In light of it all, there's another documentary, I don't know if you've ever seen it before, but if you haven't, it's not really bad, and I might use graphics, but it's called Privileged Planet. And it will tell you so much of the preciseness that earth <laughs> in David's not the first one to ask this question about God either. Job. Job 7.17 What is a mere human that you think so highly of him? who am I that the Lord of all the earth would care to know my name, would care to feel my hurt? Who am I with a bright and morning star, would choose to light? God still cares for man. And I'll go further than that because I believe the Bible teaches this. God is interested in every individual. God is interested in having a personal, intimate concern for every single human being who has ever lived. You see, we have to understand this. If David asks, what is God, you don't even care who I am. You're not even looking at who I am. But who am I? No, David says, Who am I that you're watching me, that you're there with me? He's not doubting. He just wonders why. So as we share in David's question, It's an amazing thing to consider that as insignificant as now it is, that the Lord of the universe thinks about us at all. and going off into annihilation. So David writes in verse 5, he says, You made him man little less than God, crowned him with glory and honor. You made him ruler over the works of your hands and he put everything under his feet. All the sheep and oxen as well as the animals in the wild, the birds of the sky, the fish of the sea, the pasture, the currents of the seas. The answer to the question What is man? And he's amazed that God has exalted we can and finite man. There's such a place in which he was crowned with glory and honor. to boost our ego or anything, but it's to let us know how God sees us, how God created us, how God wants us to be. The story of redemption is the fact that God created us, crowned us with glory, and when we lost that glory, God said, I'm going to get it back for them. I'm going to restore them back to that position. shared video. It says, Someone somewhere has testified, One is man that you remember him, or the son of man that you care for him. You made him lower than the angels for a short time. You crowned him with glory and honor. Subjected everything under his feet. For in subjecting everything to him, he left nothing that is not subject to him. As it is, we do not yet see everything subjected to him. But we do see Jesus lower than the angels for a short time so that by God's grace he might taste death for everyone. by nature and he became lower than the angels. First Corinthians fifteen forty five, so it is written, the first Adam became a living being, the last That's what it means when it says he went into Hades and got the keys of Hades and death. He took it back. He took back the demeaning. There's been many other um, scriptures and stuff that talk about it. as a title deed. A title deed that was given to man over the earth. We lost it when we sinned and and handed it over to Satan, and every single one of us was guilty, in that through the representative of Adam. We say that's not fair, but also if it doesn't happen that way, it's not fair that Christ can also redeem every man who comes to countries when it said one matter. Be insignificant and, and humble in light of the majesty of the universe, in light of the position of being even lower than the angels. Yes. any direct position by anything that we do. Because God has done it for us. Spurgeon says it best. He says these verses are made up of holy wonder, and the Lord's greatness in creation and his condensation towards man. He quotes Poole in his annotation, and he says, Poole says, it is a great among interpreters whether the psalm speaks of man in general and of the honor which god puts upon him in his creation or only of the man Christ Jesus scriptures says possibly both may be reconciled and put together and the controversy if rightly stated can be ended it's just that the By Jesus Christ, whom as he was man, he advanced to the honor and dominion here mentioned that he might carry on his great and glorious work. So Christ is the principal subject of this psalm, and it's interpreted of him, both by our Lord himself in Matthew 21-16, and by Paul in 1 Corinthians 15-27. That's scripture in his works, so a six-volume set known as the Treasury of Every will confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord to the glory of God the Father. That redemption that Jesus brought back is open and available to anybody. If you've never Shall live. Do you believe this? That's the promise. Everybody who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Heavenly Father, we come before you tonight, Lord. Father, as we look at the Psalm and we consider the works of Your mighty hands, Father, Lord, I pray as we as, as, as we walk out of here that we would look around us and that Father, that You would remind us that this world goes beyond ourselves. A lot of times we become self-centered, Father God. Help us to look out for ourselves. Lord, help us to not think higher of ourselves if we start to think higher. Help us to look up and understand how small we truly are and how much we need